What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. We are on episode number 105, and today I am speaking with Rod Cleef from Sarasota in Florida, across the pond in the US. I am really, really pumped after this discussion. Uh, I've done over 100 episodes now, as you know, and I've spoken to a lot of guests. And I can say Rod brings a level of energy that is just wow. He is a rare individual. There's no doubt in my mind that you are going to find today's conversation absolutely fascinating, both highly inspiring and motivating. So what did we cover on today's episode? Well, Rod takes us through his story, which actually happens to be surprisingly similar to my own. Uh, insofar as he built a very large portfolio pre-2008. That allowed him to accumulate all of the toys that you do when you when you have that kind of success. So he had the $8 million beachfront property that he lived in. He was driving Ferraris and uh, Lamborghinis. And then in 2008, as is often the case, as I experienced, the market took it all away. And what took him over 20 years to build Rod lost in just 12 months, over 50 million in net worth. So in this episode, we're going to dive into the mindset and psychology of all of this stuff, how he made it and then how he rebuilt it. There is so much value in this episode. You're just going to love it. I'm really, really pumped after this episode. So look, enough of an intro from me. Let us hear it from the man himself. My conversation with Rod Cleef. You are listening to Behind the Facade, and I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher. On this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. Rod Cleef, welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Gavin. Let's have some fun today. Yeah, well, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on on board here because you're quite a catch. Like this, uh, just to my guests who uh, normally listen in on the podcast here, we have somebody here today with us who has not only got a podcast of his own with 13 million downloads, but he also tells his story about how he lost 50 million in the 2008 crash. And as I've just been, we've been just been talking offline, it's a very similar story to my own. And so I'm really interested in getting into this and going to let Rod uh, tell us his story. And we're going to cover various things. I'd also like to talk about your, your philanthropy and your. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Your, yeah. Your charitable foundation. Happy to get into that too. You bet. Yeah. Ties but, right in. As um, as per the kind of format I normally go at, um, Rod, I normally just sort of say, you know, how did you get started and stuff like that? But like over to you, uh, tell us your story. Uh, yeah, I think I think if if you let yeah, if you let me tell my story, it'll it'll add a lot of framework to what you and I agreed we should we should dig into on this episode. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. So I immigrated um, when I was six years old from the Netherlands, you know, from Holland and uh, ended up, uh, you know, with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. Um, and ended up in Denver, Colorado, where we lived for 30 years. And when we first got to Denver, we really struggled. Uh, my mom actually babysat children um, so we'd have enough money to eat. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, we ate expired food. There was an expired food store when growing up. We drank powdered milk with our cereal in the morning, which sounds better than it is, but it's cheaper than regular milk. We, you know, I remember wearing clothes from hand-me-down clothes from organizations called the Salvation Army and the Goodwill here in, in the States that, uh, you know, were all used in secondhand all the way until I was 14. And I, you know, embarrassingly lied about my age to get a job at a Burger King so I could buy my own clothes and then ultimately buy a car. And, you know, I'm sure you've got listeners that have it harder than I did, or maybe have it harder now with all this COVID nonsense. But, you know, I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So like I said, she babysat kids and with her babysitting money, she actually invested. She was an entrepreneur. She invested in the stock market successfully and also invested in real estate. And her first real estate acquisition was housed directly across the street from us when I was 14. She paid about 30,000 US dollars. And when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep that had gone up in value that much. I'm like, what? 
for screw college, mom, I'm getting into real estate. So I got my real estate license here uh, right when I turned 18 and started selling real estate. Well, my first year in real estate, I made about $8,000, maybe 10,000. My second year, 10 to 12,000. Again, this is 44 years ago, but, but my, my third year, I made over $100,000. And so what happened between, which was really good money back in 1980. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10X my income? Well, what happened was I met a man, in fact, I dated his daughter that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology. To, for anything, okay, for success in anything, relationships, business, everything, and 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 um, you know, and that really eighty to ninety percent of your success in anything is just that your mindset. It's it's only ten to twenty percent the technical knowledge, like the real estate that I teach, or you know, entrepreneurship, or you know, investing, things of that nature. Uh, you know, if it was just the technical knowledge, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there. You know, it's the do and it's the keep doing. It's the getting back up when you get your butt kicked, like both you and I have, and so. You know, fast forward to today, I've owned 2,000 houses that I've rented long term. Um, I've owned, I have owned and own thousands of apartment units. Um, in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might say, wow. Well, and I said, wow. And I got it. And that was, that's about $8,200 an hour over a 40 hour work week here in the States. And I got a head so big I could barely fit it through a door. I thought I was a real estate god. And Gavin, you know, you know, when you get, when that happens, God of the universe will not give you a nice little smackdown. Well, that was 2008 and nine for me. I lost everything. I lost conservatively $50 million in 2008 and nine. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm known for on my podcast, um, which, you know, I, I teach people how to buy apartment buildings. It's called lifetime cash flow through real estate investing. Like you said, we're about to hit 13 million downloads. I'm really blessed. But one of the things that I'm known for on there is, is, you know, how, how to develop a mindset that, you know, how, the, how I had the mindset to have 50 million to lose in the first place, but really as important or maybe even more important, how I got back from losing that to the success that I'm blessed to have today. So I'm happy to drill down on that with you, Gavin, you know, to whatever degree you'd like. Yeah, I mean, geez, it's a good, um, I mean, that's a great intro just to kind of get, get us rolling. Uh, what I want to just, usually what I like to do is, I mean, so your mother got you, you know, and you and you did your license and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, to get to where you know you were in two thousand and eight, to have I think you I, I've read that you had eight hundred properties by that stage. I had eight hundred houses and I had multiple apartment complexes. And I will tell you, um, let me tell you why it crashed and burned. Because people are like, oh, okay, you were over leveraged. You borrowed too much money. No, I only owed thirty cents on the dollar. I was at a thirty percent loan to value, and I still crashed and burned. Here's why. So I had 800 houses, two hours north of me, two hours south of me, and everywhere in between here along the coast of Florida, okay? And Florida has no state income tax. Uh, you know, we have, we have federal income tax here in the States and state income tax. Well, there's no state income tax in Florida, but because of that, property taxes are higher, which impact what? Cash flow, right? I had properties in wind and flood zones, which is higher insurance, which impacts cash flow. But what really killed me was if I had a maintenance issue at one of my apartment complexes, everything there is the same. You know, the appliances are the same. The, the, the heating and air conditioning is the same. The plumbing, the door locks, the window locks, the, you know, appliance, all, all that stuff. And you can stockpile parts. And so a maintenance man could be in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send a maintenance guy to one of my houses, it could be an hour, hour and a half away one way. Then he'd have yeah. to go see what was wrong. Then he'd have to go find a hardware store where we'd have an account, which could be another hour round trip. And I don't know about you, Gavin, but when Rod tries to fix something in his house, he ends up going to the hardware store more than once. Okay. And so, you know, what took an hour at one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. So that was one big piece. The other big piece was I didn't pay attention to demographical information back then. If someone had a job and they had good credit and they had the money, they got to rent the place. Well, unfortunately, what I didn't realize was a lot of my tenants were contract in the contractor's business, like plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers, and all that fell off a cliff in 2008 and 9. Mm. They didn't have work. And so it was like the perfect storm. Now, now what's really crazy is in 2007, again, I was at a 70%, I'm sorry, a 30% loan to value. My portfolio actually went upside down. That's how much the values dropped here in, the, in, in this market in Florida. So it dropped more than 70%. And that's when I said, screw it, I'm out. I dropped, you know, I'm, I'm done. So that's how it happened, okay? Wow, um, yeah. 
And, and I tried to sell it at, at, at what I owed on it. And I couldn't sell it. I mean, you, as you know, nothing was selling. No, nothing, you, yeah. there was no banks lending. They all were ostriches, were heads in the sand. And so, you know, it was like the perfect storm. But, uh, you know, I will say this. Life is about meaning. And if you've had something negative happen to you, you can choose the meaning you place on it. And yeah, I hid under a rock for a few months, like I'm sure you did, Gavin. But then I picked my ass back up and I said, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and bemoan my existence. And, and, you, and, and so I put a different meaning on it. And my meaning is, frankly, I would have never met my wife. And I have a supermodel, beautiful wife, and she's more beautiful on the inside than the outside. And I'd frankly give it all up again for her. So, so that's, you know, and so if, again, if you've had something negative happen to you, you can choose to replay that and, and change the meaning and, and turn it into something empowering instead of disempowering. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I've been sort of saying all along is that it was only when, when I, when I hit rock bottom, I, I, you know, I'd been living in a beautiful big mansion. I had apartments and a, a penthouse in New York city at a villa in the South of Spain. And then nice. all of a sudden, all of that is gone. And uh, you're, you're, you're in a situation where I had to go and actually, ask my brother, my brother had a house in Dublin that he, uh, he was renting and it was vacant. And I actually had to ask him, could I move into the property uh, rent-free for a period of time, just to kind of dust myself off again. And that was the low point because he had seen me living this kind of high life with the first class, you know, air travel and all this. And suddenly I'm cap in hand asking him for help. So it's very humbling, you know, very humbling. I moved from, it. I moved from, an $8 million, 10,000 square foot mansion on the beach to a bedroom at my brother's house that was smaller than my closet in the other house. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so very similar parallel. And, and so. What I found, Rod, just sorry to interrupt you this. What I found was it was only when I, like, I actually spent a lot of time blaming the world for the, the mm. problems. I was kind of blaming, Lehm I, I blamed Lehman Brothers. I blamed mm. then the banks that came after me and I blame. And it was only when I kind of said, you know what, it's, this is on me. This is my fault. There's nobody else to blame for this situation. And it was only when I kind of accepted that and then sort of said, okay, now what have I got to, you know, how can I turn this around? That's the only way to, that's the only way to get past it. You have to own it 100%. So, you know, in life to be a success and to have continued success, you own 100% of what happens to you, the good and the bad. And same here. It was my fault. I, I, I mean, you know, I will say this, there were countries that went bankrupt back then, Gavin, to make you make us feel a little better. But the bottom line is, if we'd had our eye on the ball, uh, you know, we'd, we'd have seen the signs, you know, when you could fog a mirror, you could you could borrow money back then. And, and there was no there was no regulation or the stock markets were just just basically, um, you know, pump printing money for those brokers that were selling that bad debt. And, yeah, and it imploded. Yeah. But but, you know, again, uh, it, life life happens and I'm much stronger because of what happened as I know you are. And, you know, that whole adage, what doesn't kill you, make you stronger is absolutely accurate. And I've gotten incredible lessons from it and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know, I've got a thousand students around the country in the U S my students now own somewhere between, I think, I think probably in excess of 70,000 units, somewhere definitely between 60 and 70 that we know of. And I'm super proud of that. I've only been teaching a little over four years and none of that would have been possible. And you can see on the wall behind me, some of the hundreds of thank you cards, oh, yeah. wow. you know, from, from students that have, that, that whose lives have been changed. And it's my greatest gift in life next to my kids. And so, yeah. you know, none of that would have happened if I hadn't had that experience. And so, and I'm the happiest now that I've ever been in my life. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, there's always that, they say there's always that silver lining. You don't see it when you're in the thick of it. Okay. I mean, you know, it's natural human tendency to connect through pain. And so, you know, it's very, very careful. You know, you, you need to be very, very careful. And this is to you list, listeners is, you know, never allow your vehicle to be your identity. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, whatever your vehicle is to, for success, don't let that be you. It's just a vehicle. If the vehicle fails, I call, by the way, I don't call them failures. I call them seminars, but if the vehicle fails, you're not a failure. That just, that, that approach, you know, I built 27 businesses, Gavin. Um, my bio, I think says 24, but I built 27 and several have been worth tens of million dollars, tens of millions. Most have been spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. And, and, you know, we really fail our way to success, as you know. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, I, I got to meet, um, you may not know her over there, but I got to meet the billionaire owner of Spanx. And this oh, these yeah. women's undergarments, I know. you know, Sarah, they're holding Sarah everything Blakely. together. Sarah yeah. Blakely, beautiful human being. And she, 
she, I met her at a mastermind because I believe in masterminds. I host my own. It's, I think it's the largest in the world of, of its type, but, but uh, I, I, I've, I've been to many, many masterminds because I believe in them. And I met her at one and she told me that her dad used to ask her and her brother on a weekly basis, what have you failed at this week? And I thought, what an incredible question to ask your kids, you know, so they don't fear failure. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I think, I no, digress. I think Sarah's great. Yeah. I, I do listen yeah. to, I've listened to a couple of podcasts and stuff that she's done. Yeah. Her and her husband uh, is, is incredible as well. Uh, yeah, but, but her husband beautiful, 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 real people. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Tell me, I mean, just in terms of giving some, some value to our listeners, I mean, you know, it's one thing talking about how we failed and stuff like that, but it's another thing. A lot of guys are wondering how to get started. Like yeah. if, yeah. if so, you're, let, if yeah. you're at the very start of your career and you haven't even uh-huh. bought anything yet, like what's the, what's the framework yeah. that you would Let, Let's recommend? do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, you know, Napoleon Hill has a book called Think and Grow Rich. And I'm sure you have it in, in uh, Ireland or Scotland. Are you say Ireland or Scotland? Oh, Ireland. I'm in trouble now. Ireland. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. Don't even go those, there. Those are probably fighting words there. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, so, 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 I mean, that is a book, frankly, that if you're listening, you haven't read, you should read and frankly, read a couple times a year. Okay, Think and Grow Rich. I've given away, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of copies. If you come to one of my live events, and I've had, you know, thousands of people attend my live events, they've all sold out. I've got a thousand people coming to Denver here at the end of July, but you'll get a copy of that book. I, I can say that publicly here. I like to surprise people, but you're, you know, I don't expect too many of your peeps to come over here for my boot camp. But the point is, uh, because that book is so important. And, and, and one of the things in that book that Napoleon Hill talks about, and, and honestly, all self-improvement, self-actualization, success-driven content out there can find its way back to that book, okay? Just so yeah. you know, you know, t- the Tony Robbins of the world, I don't know who you have over there in Ireland, but, but you know, those, all that, all that content comes, really has come, that book was the impetus for that. So anyway, one of the things in that book is that is to is to do anything you need a burning desire. You have to want it, okay? Because most of us have fear. We have limiting beliefs. You know, when I immigrated to this country, I got thrown into school. I didn't speak English. I found out what bullies were for the first time. So I got my butt kicked regularly. And then my mom, proud Dutch woman that she is, thought it'd be a great idea to send me to school in the wooden shoes and those leather shorts the Germans wear for Oktoberfest, a lederhosen. So I got my butt kicked again. And then the bullies would chase me home and she chased them off with a fly swatter. I got my butt kicked the next day. And I created this belief system that I wasn't good enough. And, and so, you know, many people have these, you know, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm not smart enough, I'm not analytical enough. And there's a reason that the acronym for belief systems is BS, because they are BS, okay? Mm-hmm. And so it's important that if you have one of these, that you drag it out into the daylight and look at it with your adult rational mind, and you'll, it'll start to diminish. I mean, I used to be afraid to raise my hand in class and school because I'd be afraid, you know, embarrassed or talk up in a group. No, no way. Now I speak in front of thousands of people a year. So I was able to diminish and, and, and eliminate that, that negative belief system. But, you know, we all have those. We, you know, many people are comfortable and the comfort zone's a warm place and mm. nothing freaking grows there, right? So, yeah. you know, that burning desire is how you get through all that. So that's the first step. So if you're not sure how to get started, you've got to figure out exactly what it is you want and why you want it. Now, if you'd like, Gavin, I do a, you know, if you come to one of my boot camps, the first hour and a half are a goal, is a goal setting session on steroids, I call it, okay? Because how the hell are you going to get anything if you don't know what it is? You got to know exactly what you want. And more importantly, you need to know why you want it. And so, you know, I'm happy to describe that process for you if you'd like, Gavin. What yeah. I do, I, I, like I say, I spend about an hour and a half on it, but I could probably describe it in about 10 minutes or so if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do this. Okay. All right. So, so here's what you want to do if you're listening. I would encourage you to get a pen and paper and take some quick notes. Now, if you DM me on any social channel, just telling Gavin, they've even got me on freaking TikTok now. I couldn't spell TikTok four months ago, but, but every, so I'm on every one of them, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. But if you DM me, I did this on January 1st with music, with a free guide you can download and you can follow along. And it's just an incredible exercise for you and your spouse to do. If your kids are teenagers, have them do it. It's very, very powerful. But let me describe it. So basically pick an hour when you have a lot of energy, you know, make sure you're well hydrated, drink some water, don't do it after a meal and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. All the stuff. Okay. The houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, you know, all the stuff and take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you'll get it. And that's not outside the realm of reality because 
Just the simple act of writing your goals down triggers something in your brain called your reticular activating system. And it's this subconscious filter that you're not aware of consciously that points you in the direction that you're interested in. Okay. You, you don't even aware of it. And the greatest example, if you've ever bought a car, you probably never noticed them that, that much before then. And then you buy it and you see them everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were. That's, and it's, it, it's, that's your reticular activating system. The same thing with your goals. And so write those things down and, and don't limit yourself. If there's something, if you're on a private Island, a yacht, a jet, there is nothing you can't do, be, or have as long as you make a decision and you take massive action. So write it down, whatever it is, write down how much cash flow you want from your investments, say in three years and 10 years, write down how much cash you want in the bank in case that you know what hits the fan in three years or 10 years. Um, and so write and just don't limit yourself again and write down everything you can think of. When you can't think of another thing, write down everything you want to do in this lifetime. You know, all the, you know, maybe you want to write a book, maybe all the places you want to go. Like I have a travel vision board behind my green screen here. I'm, I, I, you know, with the places I want to go, places I've been and want to go again. And so, you know, write that stuff down. I've, you know, I have a friend that's climbing every mountain over 14,000 feet in the world. I think he's done, actually. I think he just finished. And, and, you know, me, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane about three years ago. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off the list. It's the bucket list items as well. Okay, so write all those down. Then also write down everything you want to learn in this lifetime. So it's not just the stuff. It's everything you want to do, be, or have. Write down all the things you want to learn in this lifetime, a foreign language, a skill. If you want to learn multifamily real estate investing, for God's sakes, get on a plane and come see me in Denver. I'll, I'll give you a phenomenal deal if you want to do that since you're, you're, you're flying. But anyway, whatever it is, write that down. And then lastly, write down who you want to help. Why? Because we'll do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. And this is, again, this is the fuel. This is what gets your butt out of bed early in the morning. Stay up late, work Saturdays, do whatever you have to do to grind for a few years like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. Okay. So write down all these things. And once you can't think of another thing, there's a couple more steps. I need you to put a time limit on each goal. Okay. Um, you know, how many years you think it's going to take you to achieve it. And don't overthink this. There's no perfection here. So just put a one, a three, a five, even a 10 or a 20, recognizing that humans will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can accomplish in five, 10, 20 years. Like I gave you that example of that house on the beach. I mean, I, I dreamt about that for 20 years, okay? I'd visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf and Denver's in the middle of the United States. There's no beach there, okay? You know, the, the waves, I'd visualize this. And again, 20 years later, I built that incredible, I mean, this house was amazing. I had a giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. I pools in magazines. I had an elevator, wine cellar. It was, I owned the beach on one side and I had my boat lifts on the backside. It was called a Gulf to Bay. It was a slice through an island. And again, that was unthinkable when I was 18. So don't limit yourself. Yeah. All right. Once you've got a time limit on each goal, pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh my God, you know, you know, you've arrived when you achieve that goal, put on another piece of paper, pick, and then pick your top three, one-year goals, put those on a separate sheet of paper. So you've got four goals, leave some room in between them. Uh, Cause there's one more step here, but at this point you're ahead of 99.99% .99 of the people on the planet that spend more time you know, planning a birthday party than they do designing their lives. This is designing your life. Okay. So you're ahead of the, you're ahead of that, but, but there's, there's a couple more quick steps because the goals are important, but I'm going to tell you, it's not about the goals. You know, they say the happiest days of a boat owner's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell the boat. You need the goals to create that burning desire, but here's what really juices you. You got to figure out why you want those goals. So you need to put a paragraph under each one of those, why it's an absolute freaking must for you to achieve that goal. Because the why is what's really going to drive you. And it's important to use emotionally charged words. Words are very powerful. Words like beautiful, amazing, incredible, wonderful. Use words like that. So you might say, so I can show my, my wife what it means to live a life of incredible abundance. So I can show my kids what amazing success looks like. So, you know, we can have incredible freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want. So whatever's going to juice you, write that down. Okay. And then once you've got one under each goal, I want you to spin it a little bit. I'm going to spin it a lot actually, and put some pain in there if you don't achieve it and make it hurt. Okay. So I don't fail my kids. So I'm not a failure. So I don't fail my husband or wife. So I don't live a life of regret. Here's why. 
we will do more as humans to avoid pain than gain pleasure. And again, this is the fuel that this is what's going to get you to do this. Okay. And you need this. So make it hurt. And, you know, there was a nurse in Australia, um, Gavin, um, her name was Bronnie Ware. She was a hospice nurse, meaning she took care of patients when they were about to die. And she asked him a question. And the question was, do you have any regrets? In fact, she wrote a book about it. It's called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was? It was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of anything worse than that, guys. So I hope this is enough of an impetus for you to create that burning desire for yourself. And then the last thing is you got to go get pictures, okay? Get pictures of your goals. I'll give you some examples of this. I don't know if you were aware of the actor Jim Carrey, the, the comedian over there. Uh, so funny guy. Uh, yeah. And, and when he was flat broke, he wrote himself a check for $10 million. And he used to sit up by the Hollywood sign in Los Angeles and he would visualize cashing it. That's how much money he made for Dumb and Dumber. I'll give you another example. There's a singer here in the States is very famous named Demi Lovato. And she, when she was unknown about 12 years ago, posted on social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, our football here domestically. And go, not this last one, the one before, go see who sang the, the national anthem. I'll give you some personal examples for me. And please know, I'm going to preframe this by telling you on any of these examples, including the house on the beach, I'm not bragging here because most of this stuff doesn't interest me anymore, but I hope to inspire you with it. Okay. So when I turned 18, I figured I had to have a four-door car to show people houses. You know, that's how realtors do it here in the States. And so I got this bone ugly Ford Granada, just a piece of crap, bench seat in the front. But but I, the guy I worked for, whose daughter I was dating, had two Corvettes, Chevrolet Corvettes, and, and he let me drive one. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, I was a young punk. And so I got a picture out of a magazine. They didn't have the Internet back then. A picture out of a magazine of a Corvette, put it on the visor of my Granada. So every time I sat in that car, it was right there in my face. Within a year or two, I had a beautiful red Corvette. Then this is back when the TV show Magnum P.I. was out. Now, this is... Uh, it was a detective show. Um, Tom, Tom Selleck, Selleck was yeah. Tom Selleck. And he drove this Ferrari 308. It was the first time I'd seen an exotic car. And I'm like, oh my God, I got a picture of that actual car, put it on the visor of my, you know, uh, Corvette within a year or two out of Maserati looked just like it. Last example. I always wanted a Lamborghini. I had the posters in my bedroom and, and growing white, up. and The white Countach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Countach back then. The one Mike Tyson bought for him and his wife. They were married about two weeks, I think, but matching white ones. But, but anyway, so my son collected exotic cars, models, models of exotic cars when he was nine. He had about, about 30 or 40 of them. I've got them here at my house in an attic. But he had, a mo he had the Ferraris, the Porsches, the McLarens, all that stuff. But he had a model of the exact same color Lamborghini that I ended up buying which I wrecked, of course, but so get, in fact, let me show you something. You, you put these on YouTube, right? Yeah. So you want to get pictures and put them around you. I've got them on the wall here, but this is my planner. I use a, I'm a pay, I use a paper planner. I'm a dinosaur, but in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. So if you can't see this, you can oh, just yeah. picture, I've got them in plastic, they're dog ear. They've been in, I'm sorry, 22 years. Now the first pictures are my gratitude pictures. My children are 30 and 26. These are when they were kids. These are my gratitude pictures. Why? Because everything you bring into your life, you do it through gratitude. You can do it through prayer. You can visualize whatever you do, but it, it starts with gratitude. So I've got my gratitude pictures. In fact, behind me and behind the green screen, I've got a gratitude vision board just like this. Okay. So I do gratitude first. Then I've got the stuff that I wanted. This top picture with the, with the 10 foot high glass, I had 80 feet of glass just like this before I built it. I had travertine marble floors just like that. Now, I lost that house and all the craziness. Now I live in a compound. I have six buildings. I have a big main house. I have a two-bedroom guest house on the water. I've got a media building, video studio, exercise facility. I mean, it's on two acres. It's beautiful. And look at those bottom pictures. Now, you guys just yeah, listening yeah. can't see it, but to see the white, see the white stone walls? Yeah. Okay, look behind me. That's my backyard. See the yeah. white stone walls? Yeah, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. This is before I ever got it. You know, and then I've got stupid shit like watches. I've got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. That's still a vice. I will tell you that. I still love that. There's a Lamborghini before I ever bought it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Rolls yeah. Royce Bentley, all this stuff, stupid stuff that I thought was important one time, but I got it because I had pictures. So go get pictures, put them around you, put them on your screensaver, put them on your wall. Why? Because it works. Okay. And I know some of you are thinking, okay, it's getting a little foofy. Well, big mistake because this stuff works. That's a great one. And so, I mean, is there anything beyond that or in terms of? Oh, your... sure. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, if you want to take action, 
who you hang out with is critical as well. Yeah, you know, my, 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 my coaching students, that's 60, those 60, 70,000 doors were all done between my warriors. They're called my warriors. They're all done between my warriors because, you know, it's so, it's so easy for you to default to a peer group that you went to school with, or you grew up with. And, and those people might be afraid of your success or jealous of your success, or feel like if you succeed, they're less than. And, 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 and so, and sometimes it's family. And I'm going to tell you, love your family, but choose your peers proactively. You need to be mm. around people that want more out of life, that will be encouraged and, and, and validate and encourage you and, and don't, you know, um, de denigrate your goals. So you're going to be very, very careful because you show me your three best friends. I'll show you who you are. I mean, you are your three best friends, both, uh, you know, personally, health-wise, happiness-wise, and certainly financially. So be very careful who you choose, okay? And so that's a huge piece. Another really important piece is focus. You know, the, the wealthiest people on the planet are the ones that have the best ability to focus, so I listened to a podcast here in the States, a guy named Tim Ferriss. Okay. I know Tim, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, and I get excited about my 12 million downloads. He does that a week. Okay. But he interviews the best of the best in their walks of life, like the best athletes, the swimmer, Michael Phelps, the, you know, and football players and, and the Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger best, and also, Arnold Schwar yeah. best actors, Arnold, yeah. Jamie Foxx, Ed Norton, you know, Hugh Jackman was just on uh, yeah, the yeah, like billionaires him. like Ray Dalio. I mean, the best of the best. And I started to hear a pattern. They all meditate. What does meditation enhance? Focus. Now, guys, if you're listening or watching Gavin, you're a leader. And right now, more than ever, the world needs leaders. Don't get me started on this freaking fake news. You know, you know, you've got to bring in the good stuff, okay? And stand guard at the door to your mind with the bad stuff. In fact, you know, if you if you listen to my podcast every week, I do a clip called "Own Your Power." There are hundreds of them there. They're five minutes, and you give me a week. You give me an hour. Uh, I'm sorry. You give me five minutes a week. I will juice you. I will motivate you. I'm very proud of them. They're very powerful. You know, that's the reason my podcast has been so successful. People don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. And these will get you to look in the mirror and feel. And so, you know, it's called lifetime cash flow through real estate investing. I hope you'll check it out. But the point is. Because you're a leader, you really need to pay attention to what you focus on, because whatever you focus on is going to get larger. You focus on that bullshit on the news, that negativity is going to get larger. OK, yeah. you want to, again, listen to my stuff or go on YouTube and, and watch the good stuff, bring in the good stuff, because, you know, even if you're just a leader of your family, they're looking at you and they're looking at what you're doing and how you're operating and what you're doing. So your focus is really critical. And then I will tell you. Once you decide what your vehicle is going to be, once you've created that burning desire and you decide how you're going to go after it, you've got to make a decision. And the Latin root for the word decision means to cut off. It means if you're going to attack the island, you're burning your ships because you're taking their dang ships home. Okay, that's a decision. It's not a one foot in, one foot out sort of thing. You are freaking committed. And when you are committed, you're like a train on a track. If you're just hoping and wishing and thinking about something, you're going to get derailed off the track. Okay, so you, you have to make that decision. And, uh, and then you've got to take that first step. You know, um, you don't have to see the whole road. Dr. Martin Luther King said when he was alive, take that first step in faith and the next step will be revealed. Lao Tzu thousands of years ago said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. But you've got to take that step and push through your fear and limiting beliefs and comfort. Get a little uncomfortable to take that first step. And then the next step will be revealed. I mean, you can drive all the way across Europe at night you know, you're main, I use the United States as an example, but let's say all, all the way across Ireland at night, you know you can make it. Other people have made it before. You're only seeing 50 feet in front of your vehicle, but you know you'll make it. You may have some obstacles. It's the same way with your goals. And, you know, if you're analytical and you're listen, you listen to Gavin, you're analytical, and you're the kind of person that needs to check off every single box before you make a decision. You've got to push past that because otherwise you never will. And so, you know, it's, you take and I see funny. It's funny huh? you say that, uh, Rod. I've actually started using this uh, this analogy, and it's 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 the gambler ana analyst analogy. And I've been kind of saying that you're you're either one or the other. And I and I was telling you earlier, like uh, I was a total gambler, mm -hmm. but I'm working with some some guys in my mastermind, and some of them would describe themselves as analysts, where mm -hmm. they spend all day analyzing, and they're para paralyzed by the analysis. And mm -hmm. so it's finding you know one side is is bad, the other side is bad. The problem is is that the the analyst never gets anything done, but they're safe from the crash. 
the, the gambler will get rewarded for the gambling attitude when there's a rising market, but then suddenly when it turns nasty, then you'll be punished. So it's yeah. finding that balance somewhere in the middle. Is, is no, it. you're right. And I will tell you, some those are some of the best partnerships. In fact, I literally just had a meeting this morning with my team and I'm go, 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 go on this $29 million acquisition in Kentucky. And we are writing our final offer today. And my partner is super analytical. Okay, you can throw him in a room with a spreadsheet and just throw raw meat in once in a while and he's happy. Okay, so so those are the best partnerships I see in my business, the multifamily real estate business. It's a great analogy. Uh, You know, I say outgoing versus analytical, but you need both in in, in the business that I'm in. And so, uh, you know, and some people are good at both. Very few, though. Most are one or the other, uh, believe it or not. And so, you know, some of the best and largest partnerships I've seen and because I interview the best operators in the world in my space, in the multifamily space, people with tens of thousands of doors, units. And so, um, you know, and that's a very common dynamic that I see. And that that brings me into another thing. Whatever you're going to do, play to your strengths, okay? Don't try to build your weaknesses. Focus on your strengths. Why? Because I would encourage you to hire a line or partner for your weaknesses. Because if you're working in your strengths, first of all, you're going to be happy. You're going to enjoy it. And if you're happy and enjoying it, you're passionate about it. And the only way you're going to influence people is if you're passionate about it. So, you know, that's that's a really important, certainly in my business, at least, I would encourage you play to your strengths and hire a line or partner for your weaknesses. And and success is inevitable because if everybody's playing to their strengths, you're, I mean, you're unstoppable. And so that's another piece. But like I said, on that first step, I see, I see that with my students. It's the law of the first deal. They come into my program and they get six months. They don't have a deal. They're frustrated eight months, sometimes even a year. But once they get that first deal, the next thing I know, they have five. It's like, what just happened? Okay. And, and it's that, you know, cause that first thing is always the most stressful. It's the scariest. It takes the longest. And once you're done, it's like, Oh, is that all there was anyway? So there's those few other strategies. That's brilliant. No, that, yeah. that is, that's fire as well. I love the enthusiasm and the passion that you, you bring to it in terms of, I mean, I'd love to just know a little bit more about your, you, so you're, you're doing a lot of philanthropy and well, let, got- let me, let me tell you a story. Okay. Let me tell yeah. you a story that'll tie into what you just asked me. I, I don't want to, I don't want to steal it here. Cause it's a, it's a compelling story. I told you about that that uh, house I built on the beach. Okay. I worked for that thing for 20 years. Okay. Two months after I moved in 20 years, two months, two months after I moved in, I'm floating in my pool at night. I mean, again, this house was incredible. On the second floor, I had a, an aquarium built that cost me almost $200,000. So that gives you an idea of the house. Okay. I'm floating in the pool. It's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. And I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was to prove to the world I was good enough. It's the truth of it. Uh, you know, I told you why, you know, because I've got picked on a lot and I had childhood experiences we've all had, but they impacted me in a big way. And so I'm looking up at this thing and I got depressed. And I don't mean just a little depressed. I mean, I was really depressed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just achieved success like times 10,000. I had the house. I had the beautiful family in there. I had the Maserati, the Mercedes, two Mercedes and the boats, the jet skis, everything. When I look back on it, there were several things going on, Gavin. Number one is happiness doesn't come from the goal. Like I said, the happiest days of a boat owner's life. Happiness comes from progress and growth. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. You know, like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. I didn't have a vision for the future. So that was a big piece. But the bigger piece was I'd been totally focused on me. Rod, rod, rod. Show the world I'm good enough. Show the world I matter. And so I went out and bought some books. And, uh, you know, I got the normal Dale Carnegie stuff, Zig Ziglar at the time, Tony Robbins. And I started reading Tony's book. And he's a local guy here in the States that I don't know if you have, you probably don't experience him much over there. But oh, yeah, no, we have. He, he's you pretty have international. Yeah. We, okay. We okay. Some. Well, anyway, he's extraordinary. I spent 20 years following him around the planet after I met him that first year. But this is 22 years ago. I went and saw him and I found out that he fed families for the holidays. I'm like, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. I'm 62 now. And so I went home and I, I was going to see my brother for Thanksgiving, uh, a holiday we have here in the States with turkey and whatnot. And I said, listen, let's feed five families for Thanksgiving. And so he went to his church and found five families that really needed help. I flew in. We bought the food. We bought toys for the kids. It was a lot of fun buying all this stuff. And the third family changed my life. We go up to this house and it's this row house where it's just one unit, one, one unit next to another. And, and it was a one bedroom, but it was a crappy one bedroom because you had to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which had the bathroom off of it. So it wasn't even a real one bedroom. There was a woman in there with five kids. 
So she comes out and she sees the food and the stuff and she starts crying. Her kids come out, two of the older ones start crying and I start crying and I'm hooked. Yeah. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to say that in the last 22 years, we've fed 110,000 children now for the holidays. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local kids here that don't have basic school supplies. We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears for officers to local police departments. We give them to the police departments for officers to keep in their vehicles if they encounter a child that's been traumatized. And, I, and please know I'm not bragging here, but there's a real message in this. You know, um, if you're listening to Gavin and you, you want success, you've got blood dripping from your teeth, you want it so freaking bad, I'm gonna tell you, see, I was, I was successful, but I was unfulfilled. Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. Achievement's a science. If you wanna learn multifamily real estate, for God's case, sakes, come see me, I'll give you the blueprint. You just have to go do it. And that's the way with, with most business, you just have to do what's already been tried and, 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 and go make it happen. But fulfillment is an art, because you have to find out what juices you. For me, it's kids. You know, it could be elderly, it could be the environment, it could be animals, whatever it is, give back right now. Here's why. As you know, we've been taught a lot of places and, and, and things have, have influenced us that we have to achieve to be happy. Like we can't be happy until we've achieved. Okay, the society has done this. I'm going to tell you, if you give back even a little bit, you're happily achieving. And I know it's a play on words, but it's an important play on words. I'm going to tell you, and you know this, Gavin, whatever you give, you give, you get back a thousandfold, okay? Your time, money. I mean, I know you're already getting a lot of love for this podcast. I literally, no ego again here. I get love at least five times a day. I get a DM, an email, a gift. You saw the wall of cars behind me. I mean, every single day. I mean, it's the greatest gift in my life, okay, next to my kids. And so, um, you know, give back now and you'll be happily achieving, but you'll get the success faster too. Don't tell me you'll do it when you have the money. Do it right now, okay? Because you'll get the money faster, okay? But you don't do it for that reason, but you do it because you'll be happily achieving. Um, so, yeah, there's my philanthropy. That's brilliant. Yeah. And, and you, you created, it's called Tiny Hands, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Right? It's called the Tiny Hands Foundation. I cover all the operating expenses. You know, I pay for all the food, the backpacks. The, I, 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 I'm sorry, I pay for all the operating expenses. I don't pay for all the food. Forgive me, that was, that was misstated. But I, I cover that, the operating expenses a whole lot more. Every dime goes to the food the backpacks, the teddy bears. If you, you know, if you have an interest in, in helping um, you text, well, no, that wouldn't work over there. Just go to tinyhandsfoundation.org. Uh, you know, $26 feeds a family here in the States. And, and, and again, if you, you do it in your own, do it in Ireland, do it, do stuff there too. Obviously you want to do that, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, for, I, I paid for it all until I crashed and burned in 08. In, in 08, I fed 1,500 families out of my pocket, um, and then it all crashed and burned, so I started taking donations. But uh, again, I cover the operating, and, and I pay for just about everything except for the actual, some, even some of the food and some of the backpacks. But anyway, thank you for allowing me to do a shout Not out. Not at all. No, it's, it's great. And I mean, it's something that we, um, we're, we're faced with here, kind of a challenge in this country at the moment, because um, you know the Ukraine, the invasion by Russia of Ukraine, right. and we've got... Uh, we have a, you know, our population is quite small. We only have 5 million people in this country, but we've just wow. accepted 200,000 uh, refugees from wow. Ukraine. And, uh, and and just where do you put them? We don't have the, the housing and stuff like that. So there's a lot of charitable foundations and stuff being sort of set up and for that, for, to try to help them. Um, nice. Rod, I'm just conscious of time. Uh, I don't even want this thing to, uh, to come to an end, but we're looking at um, just, usually I ask my guests a couple of questions and- okay. The first one is is kind of around the you know the the best advice you got uh, as you were kind of growing up. Um, live with passion. It's Tony's catchphrase, and the only way you live with passion is if you love what you do. So if you you know if you don't love what you do, you can associate pleasure with it and learn to love it. I tell my students associate multifamily real estate to hunting for buried treasure. But if you can't learn to love it, for God's sakes, go do something else. Mm -hmm. Life is too short, so you can live with passion. Yeah, yeah. And and looking back now, I mean, th this is a question It's similar, but it's different insofar as so you're 62 now. And mm -hmm. let's say going back to your, you know, that 18 year old that got his real estate license. What advice would you give that? 18 I use the same question. I ask the <laughs> same you, question. Yeah? <laughs> I ask the same question of my of my people. And because I almost always get the same answer for my business, which is go bigger, faster. And that's why I ask it because people, you know, most people in my business, they'll start with a house and then they'll do a two family and then they'll go, then they'll go into thousands of units. 
Um, and it's the same answer for me, candidly. I would have not done single family. If I had just done multifamily, I'd be on the back of my 300-foot yacht right now, Gavin. So, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the truth of it. But, you know, we all learn, we grow, but I would have not met my wife. So, again, I would I not give you. it up again. She's supermodel, beautiful, and inside and out. So, yeah. And tell me just in terms of like that, that point, I mean, for people who are starting out and, you know, you, you know, let's say you're, we're 18, 19 years of age and we're, mm-hmm. and we're starting out and we're sort of saying, well, that's all great to say that now, Gavin, but the reality is, is I don't have a lot of money to invest. So how am I going to go and buy a, an apartment building or how am I going to do? You, you've got, you've got see the beautiful thing about my business and many businesses is if you have the knowledge So you build your competence, okay? Competence comes first. You need to be knowledgeable. If you have the knowledge, that will equate to your confidence. And once you have that confidence, if you love what you have that confidence in, you have passion and you'll have the ability to influence people to invest with you. When I was in my 20s, I I bought millions of dollars worth of property 50-50 with partners. They put up the money. I did all the work. We split split everything and it was beautiful. And so, so there's, you know, it's all, it starts with knowledge. So do whatever you have to do to learn whatever it is you're interested in. And then, and then that starts the process, but don't dabble. Dabblers get their butts kicked, study, learn it, practice it, meet people that are doing it, get around people that want more out of life that aren't going to trash your dreams and, and, and you'll make it happen. Absolutely. Amen. Um, tell me this, uh, Rod, in terms of people sort of learning more about you, you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So the podcast again is I interview the best of the best as far as multifamily operators, most of them here in the States, in fact, really all of them here in the States. Um, and then I do those own your power clips. So whether you're interested in real estate or not, I hope you'll listen to it. Cause I, I know you'll enjoy those clips though. They'll, they'll get you juiced Monday mornings and I've got hundreds of them there to go through. So you can literally listen to one a day for a year and not get them all. So, so, um, and, um, and, the, and I'm very proud of them. I, I love doing them. Today, this, this week's was on the power of problems, how problems are, are, make you more powerful, like the ones we just described that we went through. We, we're stronger as a result of that. So that's an example. Uh, but uh, I, I, my website is Real Estate with Rod. Nobody can spell my last name. It's, right, it go, it'll, it's a direct link to rodcleef.com, but nobody can spell it. So if you go to Real Estate with Rod, I have a ton of free resources there, books and videos and in articles, but I hope you'll check out my podcast. I, I do think you'll really enjoy it. Um, but that that's that's how you find me. Okay, great. And then what about your your seminars and so I, I, like there are yeah I, oh I yeah have a growing so, American so if audience, you so. if you want to come to my boot camp, um, go to rodsbootcamp.com and I've got a special right now that includes my my um, deal analyzer software, so you can analyze a deal and my document library of all the documents we use here to do this business. And it's $197 for three days of training. It's in Denver, July 29th, 30th, and 31st. And I don't sell it. It's not a sales pitch. It is three days. It's drinking through a fire hose. I'm going to tell you that. I mean, it is full on training. Um, I'll have about two to three billion on the panelists. I do three panels a day answering questions. I teach the whole thing. I mean, I face plant for about a week afterwards, but I I'm on all three days, um, you know, uh, eight to 12 hours a day. And, uh, and it is a lot of fun. If you, if you go like, if you go to multifamilybootcamp.com, you'll see the testimonials at the bottom. There's hundreds unsolicited. In fact, I, I don't get complaints. The only complaint I ever get is the food sucked or the room was too cold or something like that. It's never about the content. But uh, but anyway, uh, I've had thousands of people attend. My events have all sold out. So there'll be about a thousand people there. We will sell out. Uh, but uh, it's a lot of fun. If you're interested in this business, you you should come. And for $197 for you, it's going to be the travel and and stuff in the sure. time more than anything and you else. Don't, you don't do uh, online? Uh... I, I, I will have a virtual one later in the year, but it's not announced yet. But yeah, I'll do. I do a virtual one as well. You know what? I'll do it. I'll do it for your peeps here. Hang on a second. Let me just give you the dates. I don't typically publicly announce them, but just because people will say, I'll just go to the next one. Then they never take action. So my virtual one is October 15th and 16th. Now that website may not be updated yet, but it's multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. 
Okay. I doubt okay. that it's updated yet, but it's multifamily virtual bootcamp. If you keep that and you want to learn this business virtually, uh, absolutely. You can do that. So thank you well, for allowing be, me to certainly some of the, some of the audience that I have here in Ireland might be interested sure. because it, sure. if, at the very minimum, they'll get a, a blast from the, from your energy. And, well, uh, the, I, I teach that. I teach that out of the event as well. There's a lot of mindset stuff at the event. We do goals. We do, you know, quite a few things that are very powerful and people love. And, you know, it's very, I, I do it on a weekend, a Saturday and Sunday, and I have hundreds of people Sunday night. It, well, see, it'll be brutal for your peeps there because it'll be the middle of the morning for, oh, for we can all. We can manage it. We can manage you can it. do it. Okay. Well, I mean, I literally have hundreds of people there at seven o'clock at night on Sunday night. So, and, and you can get the recordings as well. If you participate, you can get the recordings for a nominal upcharge. But, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, if you DM me on social, and if you have an interest in this, just DM me and I'll put your name on a list and, and we'll give you, a, I'll probably cut us, I'll, I'll do a special deal for, for your, for your people. Cause you're, it's so late at night. I'll, I'll include the recordings at no charge. So just remind me of that on DM. Cause I'll forget, I forget what I had for breakfast. So just remind me. Uh, but if I'll you're one that. of Gavin's, one of Gavin's peeps, I'll take care of you and, and get you the recordings if you want to do the virtual one. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put all the links in the show notes. So that, thank you, uh, you thank guys. You. Yeah. Well, Rod, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, oh, thank you've you. Brought, uh, you've brought a, 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 it's like the fire hose. I feel like as an interviewer, I, I, thank I've you. been drinking through a fire well, hose. Well, you know, here. I'm thinking of coming to Ireland here, maybe in September. So maybe I'll connect with you and uh, absolutely, uh, you yeah. can recommend some things. So but, open uh, invitation. Anyway. Yeah. If you do right, come to Ireland, you. definitely look me up and we'll, we'll connect. Right. Hey guys, it's me again. Just a quick favor before you go. Uh, I know I say this every week, but Today, I was speaking with Rod at the outset, and he said, Gavin, can I give you some feedback? And he said, why don't you go and get some reviews for your podcast? Now, as it turns out, I know I have a lot of Irish reviews, and I have a lot of reviews from the UK. So if you are a US listener, if you are listening to this podcast, please consider leaving a review over on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any questions or any topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you would like, you can actually connect with me via Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you can DM me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. Finally, do not forget to check out, there's a couple of links in the show notes below. I have a new mastermind. You can go and check that out. I also have a thing called the Property Investor Readiness Test. And I also now have a link to my weekly roundtable. Now, this is a live Zoom training call that I do once a week. It's open to anyone to join. You can ask questions on whatever. So look, if you'd be interested in that, it's on Wednesdays at one o'clock. That's one o'clock on UK and Irish time. So if you're listening from the US, it's probably gonna be an early start for you. And any details, if you wanna get any details and all that kind of stuff, you will find it over on my website, which is gavinjgallagher.com. While you're there, you might consider joining my tribe. All right, guys, that's all for now. Go and do something awesome this week, and I will see you back here next week.